With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to the Misery Hunters podcast. My name is Jamie Coburn and joining me today is Mark Jordan. Hello. Ross Davidson. Hello. Craig Devine. All right. And Sam Smith. All right. Full house today and we're just going to get straight into it and while we've got him here we may as well get his opinion on this match. Ross, <laughs> we've just watched the semi-final. Your uh... thoughts? Same as maybe fifty percent of their support. The other half seem to have just taken this on their chin and, and moved on. But I'm pretty pissed off with how we played yesterday. Uh, I just kind of really comprehend a lot of Goodwin's choices, particularly the way we we set up. I mean, the eleven on paper, you'd probably think it's all right. I mean, it's not much to complain about other than Mason out in the left. I thought it was a bit odd. Brophy up front in his own could work with McGrath in behind, but then we proceeded to play long ball football as if we didn't realise it was Brophy up front, no John Abika. Just, just really poor all round. I mean, I'm struggling to actually give a full kind of in-depth rundown of the of the game because I'm just so annoyed by it. We just didn't turn up didn't play to our strengths, didn't they play to focus on Livingston's weaknesses, which they do have. Everybody seems to have them done as Barcelona at the moment, but they're, they're Livingston, they are beatable. Um, we just didn't play well enough at all. I thought Mason, how he nearly got 70 minutes, I think. Mm-hmm. I think come off the 68th minute, how he lasted that long, when it's quite apparent that he was having a shocker. He had a shocker for their, their goal twice. Uh, he sh- we should have made changes before half time. He didn't. So right, give him that. They definitely should have made changes at half time. We didn't do that either. Mm. Uh by the time he did make changes, it, it was too, the game was too far gone, I thought. That's I was just uh, I am no banging on about it. I definitely don't want him sacked, but everything that happened in the in the cup 
game yesterday is everything that I was moaning about a few months ago of how I thought Goodwin had lost the plot, he ran out of ideas, his football was terrible. He seemed to have kind of reverted back to that and what is probably going to be the most important game we'll play all season. Mm-hmm. I think I think the most frustrating thing uh, you can take away from it is probably what you just touched on there, that um, Goodwin said and held his hands up that uh, the football they were playing wasn't great and he'd made the change. So it's a bit strange that we've kind of reverted back into that and, you know, we've signed a player like Brophy and you've got these players um, in the midfield who can be very creative and can pass into feet and again we're just hoofing the ball and like what's, what's the point in signing Brophy just to hoof aimless balls up the park at and we've got strikers for that Ah uh, you're right and uh, if that's going to be your tactic which we've used numerous times this season you either play both Brophy and Obika and play that way and get Brophy in around Obika winning his flick-ons or, or, or try to catch second balls or whatever or you play Brophy up uh, or be caught up front in his own and then bring Brophy on later on Brophy's not that kind of striker I mean we've obviously put up, pulled out all the stops to beat him or beat other clubs to his signature for this pre-contract we've promised him this and that I mean there's no danger Brophy would have signed thinking that he was going to be played up front <laughs> and tactics it just doesn't suit the guy uh, I just can't understand why we went into a national semi-final playing that way all through the week um, Goodwin was obviously interviewed and asked about the, the video messages that one fans done and the, Josh and his mates done the, the flags around the, the town and that and uh, he openly declared that the players know how important this is and uh, the staff will stress again to them how important this is and how it means to the fans and they certainly didn't come out and play that way mm-hmm. or Goodwin didn't set the team up that way at all I think uh, it's a bit insulting to us I thought Goodwin then did say after the match that uh, the players were lying down in tears and heartbroken because the, and, he, and apparently we gave our all in that match and if that's us giving our all you know we're not like we should probably be worried a bit <laughs> aye if that's the best effort uh, they can give then and you know what it's probably just an interview speak but that's just I'm going to call him out quite mm-hmm. clearly and that's just utter lies for Goodwin that's just not true at all mm-hmm. I'm not taking that at all I, you can never convince me that any player in that dressing room is in tears or lying in their floor absolutely flat out because they gave everything mm-hmm. nobody gave everything yesterday yeah one player mm-hmm. I mean if everybody had given it um, gave everything probably wouldn't have took to about the 60 odd minute to get our first shot on target and over a match as well um, mm-hmm. you know Livingston started off quite brightly they knew what they were doing attack as quickly because um, like if they if they take the early lead they can just sit back and like soak the pressure up they're, they're good at that um, and they had three shots on target within like the first what 10 minutes like I could only dream of someone doing that <laughs> which is mental <laughs> sorry Mark on you go no, I was going to say, I think one of two things has, has happened. Either Goodwin has decided to stop the run of possession-based football they'd been trying to build together after admitting himself that it didn't work earlier in the season. He's put in this plan for us to try and take Levy on, to, to press them the way they tried to press us, to to pass around them, to make use of the, the strengths that would appear to be in the lineup, and the players have, the players have shat the bed, basically, on the day where... You're, you're kind of trusting your guys like McCarthy and Shaughnessy and Fraser and Tate who, for all their, their good defensive work generally, they, they can all play a pass. They're all decent footballers. 
McCarthy in, in particular is really calm on the ball. And, you know, if, if you're lumping the ball over the midfield up to striker, it starts at the back and maybe just a lack of composure there on the day. So either that's what's happened, that there's been a plan there and it's been ignored, or he's he's broken. He's broken the way things were and decided to lump things up against the defence, which is renowned for being able to just absorb pressure and then break quickly against teams. And if if that's the case, then I think there's a much, much deeper problem. Mm-hmm. For for my money, I think Goodwin probably made a couple of errors. <clears throat> I can understand keeping Mason in the team after the Rangers game, but that that made sense in that tie to to nullify Tavernier, which is where all their all their danger is going to come from. I don't know if that's true of, of Levy in terms of where they where they were going to punish us. I don't know if if we needed two guys on that side to to nullify that, and it, it ended up just being a bit of an empty shirt. Not quite sure what he was doing defensively and. And contributing pretty much nothing when we had the ball, which is really, really disappointing. So, I'm I'm, I'm not all doom and gloom. I'm, I'm definitely not. But I think there's a lot of players yesterday who didn't either did exactly what they were told, which would be deeply concerning, or didn't didn't listen and didn't play to to what they were capable of. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's definitely elements of the team selection and and just not making changes quickly enough, as Ross was saying that. I can't imagine there was anyone that expected Mason to still be on the park when we come out for the second half. And then, I mean, we were we were all chatting about it at the time. The fact that it was then Connolly that came off first as a wide player was just insanity to, mm-hmm. to my mind. I, I don't think he had a, a good game by any stretch, but I don't think that was the change we're crying out for it. At that point, I, to, to my memory, he's the only one when he, he, he kind of won that 50-50 in the middle of the park and, and ran through and, and just made a bit of an arse of the final pass at that was the only time I can really remember us putting pressure on at pace and, and trying to do something. And I think um, I think it was just a bit of a missed opportunity from pretty much everyone involved, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the most frustrating part for me is we definitely had chances, but it's just the stupid same old issue. For some reason, we feel the need to try and pass the ball at the net. The one way Connolly, I think it was, we had said, like, everything that Connolly's good at is running at folk, getting a shot off, but why is he not shooting there? All he's got to do is take a touch out with his right foot and just have a dig at the goal. It doesn't yeah. matter if it doesn't win. Just test the keeper. And obviously, the one with McAllister's... Mm. I just don't get it. I, for somebody so talented and somebody who's, in my opinion, one of the best footballers on the team, he just obviously never seems to show it on a Saturday. Like te- Technical ability, there's not really many players that will come close for a lot of players in the bottom half of the league. And... For some reason, when he plays, he just never ever shows it. All he's got to do is just, if you, I think it was Ross who said, if you're seeing the keeper's eyes, you need to shoot. This is why you, he's, I think Obika and Brophy were pretty confident. I think that he was going to shoot at the time of the two of them, but they kept running in, and he's just for some reason trying to cut it across the goal. Just shoot that he's, he is very left footed, but a football player should be able to hit the ball hard enough with both feet. All he's got to do is swing a right at it and just chance it, but. Nah, for me, the the most frustrating part is just obviously the selection with Mason. At the time, I didn't think taking Connell off was a bad idea. I thought it was pretty ineffective, but they had to take Mason off first. Mm-hmm. I think eh, it was just so stupid leaving Dermis, because I don't particularly think Nicky Devlin was as a really like scary thought if you're a winger to play against. I think Dermis actually done quite well up against him, got a couple of balls in, but we left it way too late by that point when he came on. You shouldn't be giving a winger, you know, twenty odd minutes to get into a game. They need longer than that, so it's just a, a huge opportunity missed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess we we better just talk about the actual points of the match. 
and, and I think the first point we actually need to talk about is is the goal, and that's another goal conceded from a from a set piece, which seems to be happening quite a lot this season. Yeah, it was a, it was a total calamity, really. Stupid free kick to give away initially. Uh, daft area to give away when you know they've got a guy like Josh Mullen whose delivery is excellent. Mm-hmm. As the ball comes into the box, <clears throat> Scott uh, Robinson's probably the smallest guy in the park. If not, one of them wins a flick on. Totally switches off there. Uh, Ambrose wins the, the kind of header at the back post. Nobody need him. And then it falls to, it comes off the bar and falls to the lovely player who sticks it in the net, who's nobody's near him either. I mean, they've got to have been drilled. If you give free kicks away, we need to defend them properly. Assess before the free kicks taken. Defenders need to assess who are the dangers men and know where they are at all times. And then we just seem to switch off regularly as we're the third worst team in the league at conceding for set pieces or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we need to play switch off on a regular basis at that. Just can't afford to do that against the Livingston side who are very good at, at attacking dead balls and, and set pieces. And it's just basic errors, just really, really daft goal to lose so early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently there was. Two penalty claims for St Mern. Um I'll just say right there, I don't think either of them were penalties, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about the one in the, the first half with um, Joe Shaughnessy. Um, so basically, the Livingston player going to clear the ball, but kicks him instead. Reaction probably a bit, kind of, it's probably what the the way, uh, the reason we didn't get the penalty. Um, Craig, have you got any thoughts on that? See. Um, I for me, no, it's quite soft. I think we kind of said this before the podcast. If if that's given um, against you, you're raging, but you're obviously shouting to get that if it's for you. Um, not for me at all. Not for me. Does anyone think it is a penalty? Aye, that is for the lesson, <laughs> a lot of penalty. It's, it's so. It's just. It, I think obviously, I as we said before, you'd be raging if it gets given against you, but you can't. Eh? No matter, it's against the rules. You can't kick people. You're not, you're, not, you're not allowed to kick people in the box mm-hmm. when you're giving away a foul. It's. I think it, uh, it might have been Shaughnessy's reaction, but a referee's got to be. I mean, you heard the clatter on the telly. Like, a referee's surely got to be brave enough to make a call like that. But mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I think, in my opinion, it was. I'd be raging if it could given against you, but with the letter it was. And then the one in the second half with Obika. It was given as a uh, their free kick, a dive and a yellow card. Stonewall. Stone, Stonewall. <laughs> no, um, again, there's there's nothing really in that at all at the time. I think I said to use that I look as if he's been clipped there, but no, he went down far too easy. And I think even Goodwin came out after the game and kind yeah. of backed that point up and said referee got it right and he's, he's went down too soft. But mm-hmm. I can't say I'm, I'm against seeing us actually not quite diving, but maybe try to be a wee bit smarter about it, but it's just a, it's a shite attempt at it. Um, you see other teams try to be a wee bit cute and do that kind of thing, and we mm-hmm. never seem to bother, so, uh, nah, no penalty. I think I, good. But so, uh, it was a good move for Abika initially to mm-hmm. get away from the defender. It, I think there's contact there, and as uh, people say, if there's contact, you've got the right to go down, but why Why would you go down there in such a... Mm-hmm. Um, an important position if so many options I know it's crazy I mean if he did dive which is debatable but he's went down so soft 
why you hit the deck there is when you're in a crucial part you're in the box you can get a shot off or you can square it or to be fair, I don't, some, think, some, I don't some, think he can quickly sell up. That's hmm. why. <laughs> you think so? Gen, gen, uh, how many? Look, we've all played for but some level. We've all like run about when we've been younger and clip your pal's heels for a laugh. It, like if you're running at full pelt and you've got your two feet near enough like, off the ground, if somebody's clipping you in the back, I think it was Mark said he did. It looks as if he's been kneed and he's clipped his own heels. If there's contact, it's going to stop you running. Then mm-hmm. I, 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 so. I don't think there was an. If they're like, no matter how many times I look at it, I don't think it's a penalty, and I don't think there's enough contact there at all for him to go over. And the fact was, like, I think someone posted a, a screenshot um, today on Twitter, and it showed you. I think this was, um, I can't remember who it was, but someone was standing clear, and all it would have took was a pass to him, and that would, yeah, fair enough. We might not have scored from it, but it would have been a, a, a clear cut chance that we've, we've not got because he's decided to go down. Um, in a position that he, he really shouldn't have. Uh, Goodman should be slaughtering him then. If Goodman <laughs> really believes it's a dive and he, he's quite open and admitted that in the radio, he should be slaughtering the beaker for that because you, you can't hit the deck there if if uh, you're not going down. If, you if you're not touched and there's a, a guy open to, to square the body to equalise, it's criminal for uh, a beaker to go down like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental. Not really, and will be his game. Not good, and he's not really a guy that gets Which is, I kind of, it made me think he's. It's like, isn't he really a guy? He's put plenty of contact before in the box. Mm-hmm. He's maybe like no one doing when he maybe should have. But uh, he likes going. He likes going down when he's backing into a defender. He does that quite a lot. Ah, it's a bit of talent, but she's big arse yeah. Maybe maybe he's just learning from the skill of Erwin. <laughs> Mark, what's uh, your thoughts on the penalty or the the non penalty? Stonewall. <laughs> um, I, I, it's definitely not a yellow card for diving. Like I, I don't know that there's much you could say to convince me otherwise of that. I think he's a hundred percent felt something in the back of his leg. As I just saying, he's you're you're already kind of trying to balance as you're trying to maze your way into the box at that point. I don't think it takes much to knock you off your your stride when you're doing that. Whether that's enough for it to be a penalty, I, to be honest, I'm, I'm still sitting on the fence. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Like you can just have a bit of a coming together, and it doesn't necessarily make it a foul. But it wasn't a, a you know, a dive in inverted commas. Yeah. I think he has gone down a bit too easily. He could definitely have tried to stay on his feet and tried to do something out of it. But I, I don't think he's. I don't think it's like a fresh air dive at all. I think he's felt something in the back of his legs that's knocked him off balance. And in the in the split second where he's got a decision to make, he's thought there's no way I'm not getting the penalty for that, and he's he's gone down. Mm. Um, so I, I, if that had happened against us and a penalty was given, I think it's one of those where you would be you'd be a bit sore, you'd be saying it's soft, but you'd probably be annoyed at the defender for for getting into the position where it was given. Um, I don't think you can ignore that just because it was the other way around. For for me to be honest, I, I thought he was getting a wee bit tight when he didn't deserve it. Yesterday. Mm, I don't know. Basically, we're all Yeah. <laughs> so only half of us are correct, and I know which half I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> all, all I'm saying is, if that's Junior Marais making that dive, you'd, you'd all be slagging him. Yeah, aye. <laughs> but he wouldn't be on the part in the first place, so. He wouldn't have been in the box. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how boring we'd get into this competition, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> haven't, we haven't won since he left. 
The facts they're there. So we we rarely won when they played. <laughs> <laughs> Less about him. Uh, I'll come to Sam for this point. Uh, A few people on Twitter were bringing up the fact about uh, the captaincy and whether Joe Shaughnessy Shaughnessy should be our captain. Sam, you have some opinions on this. Uh, If a professional football manager who knows who has a playing career of 15 plus years thinks that somebody's a captain and a leader, then that is good enough for me. I can see people complaining about stuff like tactics, etc. But if a professional football manager's making a judgment on what he sees as a leader, and then I'm not really going to argue with it. You know, Gooden was a captain himself, and that's good enough for me. I personally don't see anything wrong with Shaughnessy being the captain. I think if people forgot that while the good run we were on, he was captain for most games when the actual captain got dropped for being shy. So. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's just a bit, uh, people have took a really bizarre issue with Shaughnessy for maybe what two errors in how, however like nearly 30 games mm-hmm. and forgot the good defensive work he's done and part of being what is it the fourth best defence in the league mm-hmm. uh, but it's terrible and we should drop him a thing for uh, Shaughnessy being dropped and for Ryan Flynn coming into the team somehow bearing in mind this is Ryan Flynn that hasn't he barely kicked a ball for a year but you know he's the answer to the the midfield woes that we had yesterday. Yeah, I, keep, I do keep seeing the the thing, um, and it's not just one person that's tweeted this. Several people that tweet over nearly every game for the passport since he's been back on the bench. This game's crying uh, crying out for Ryan Flynn, and you're like, you have no idea what Ryan Flynn can do now. Like that was a, that, that was a nearly a career ending injury he had at, at, at late age of his career. He's came back, but we have no idea what type of player he is. Um, and you've kind of well, I know we've, we've kind of questioned um, Goodwin's judgment on this match, but you've kind of got to go by his judgment of why he's not on that that team. I, I see a lot of people for some reason feeling that they they're entitled to know what the injury status with Flynn and Foley is like demanding to know an issue. It's fuck all we do with him. It's the end of the day. It's Goodwin's job as the manager to assess what he thinks he's ready. I mean. People were sitting saying, "Oh, Foley's clearly got a problem." No, Goodwin's clearly got a problem with Foley. Fuck do you know? Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. The, the only person that knows is Goodwin, and it's no. He doesn't. He doesn't need to discuss it in public. Like why he's not playing a certain player. Fair enough. It was a, in my opinion, it was a bit baffling. Why never? Why never put somebody a bit more experienced in the middle yesterday? But mm-hmm. if Goodwin feels he didn't need it, then he's more qualified to make a decision than half the folk that are make my comment on it. Mm-hmm. thing is, I do actually agree that yesterday was the type of game that was crying out for a Ryan Flynn to take the ball and kind of drive it forward, play the forward pass, but you can't claim for a guy that's been out for a year to start a cup, a National Cup semi-final when he's had 15 minutes of football all season. The, the time to bring him in would have been three or four games ago. Mm-hmm. No, yesterday, that's, that's I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, think I think it's perfectly understandable to want the Sam Foley of like early kind of Christmas last season to be in the team and it's perfectly understandable to want the Ryan Flynn who for long spells over the last few years has been part of our first team to be back in that to be back in a lineup. but I don't necessarily know that's the Sam Foley and Ryan Flynn we've currently got sitting on the mm-hmm. the bench um, and I, I would you know I fit I fit Ryan Flynn for all he's done before particularly when we were in a really low ebb where he, you know, he was dragging us forward. It's captain material for 
mm-hmm. for me for sure and it's and you know it's, it's a performance we could we could definitely be doing with but again it's it's exactly what Sam was saying about the captaincy for Shaughnessy like Goodwin's <laughs> we're a full time club Goodwin's with the players nine five or you know nine nine one or whatever it is however many days a week and all day on a Saturday and, and everything else he sees he sees them train he's he's got all the data in front of them for how they're doing physically and, and everything else if if he's not capable of looking at Flynn's fitness and to be honest with with Foley it looks like a, a either general fitness or just kind of dropping off levels from from last year I mean he sees what thirty four it's it's going to happen like if he's not capable of making that call then then I don't know who is to be mm-hmm. honest and. I think there's you, you can't take it in isolation. You you probably need to accept that there's factors we're not aware of that go into selection on that side. Mm-hmm. I'd play devil's advocate for a minute. See if you were to take the captaincy off, Shaughnessy, and drop him. Who would you have as the captain? That's Dude. what I was going to say, Craig. Hundred percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not blessed with many guys that are captain material, in my opinion. You'd imagine it would go to Richard Tate or Marcus Fraser, but I mean, are they any? Have they done anything different? 100% different from what Shaughnessy's done this season? Absolutely not. I mean, no, okay. but that's, see what you I think for the ones that have like been to games, everyone's mm-hmm. commented on Shaughnessy is constantly screaming. You, like, even when you're watching games and like the club TV channel, Shaughnessy is mm-hmm. screaming non stop at folk, organising mm-hmm. constantly. Right. That's what a captain is. A captain's an organiser and a leader and somebody who guys look up to. He's very good but, for McCarthy as well alongside yeah. him. Right. Now, it's no coincidence that mm. McCarthy's been a lot better last year, uh, this year than he was last season. I'm not saying it was bad last year, I thought he was good, but mm-hmm. you know, McCarthy's games come on because he's playing next to somebody as good as Shaughnessy. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, the, the Tate argument, you get that crazy red card up at Tannadice. Mm-hmm. Don't see anybody labelling him a bomb scare and a red card waiting to happen. That's probably the worst red card we've had all season mm-hmm. in terms of ill discipline. Uh, no captain material for me. I mean, Sean, she's the best centre half we've had for a long time. Mm-hmm. All this nonsense about Popescu, who's having a bomb scare at Hearts, uh, Harry Davis, Gary McKenzie, all that nonsense. Sean, calibre, games played and ability, he's the best centre half we've had for a long yeah. time. People just seem to have a, a bone to pick. We should say it's kind of cheesy syndrome where you just need somebody to blame. Except he's actually good. That, well, I but I mean he was he get unfair criticism. He was he was the best, but people just seem to take an early dislike to him. And then mm-hmm. I mean, Shaughnessy could have scored the winning goal yesterday, and you would still have people mm-hmm. questioning why he was that far up the park when he's a centre half. You know that kind of attitude. I mean, it's just people don't like Shaughnessy. You'll never change their mind. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a, an excellent centre half and. Uh, on the, the Flynn and Foley side of things, our fans are guilty. I think players are better than what they are when they're not playing. Mm-hmm. The longer they're out of the team, the better they become. You've seen that with Gary McKenzie, who was the, the best in the half. But turned into, been true, to be fair. Turned, turned into uh, Berezi when he wasn't playing. Right, uh, Cammy Smith when he wasn't playing under mm-hmm. Sam Stubbs. It was... A, it was had absolute disgrace, and then when he when he did play, he wasn't very good either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like there's it's a reason. The same thing as um, Adam Eckersley when he wasn't playing, he was like the best right back we've had in years. And I mean, he left us to join. Who did he go to? Forfar, then Ellery, I think. Yeah, um, careers really rocketed since he left us. It was that good. And um, but you you made the point there, Sam, um, and it was a point I was actually going to make as well that. You know, some we we have been quite lucky where we've been allowed to attend some games um, under the podcast, and like 
Shaughnessy's a standout every game. Like he organises that defence. He, um, he's constantly shouting. He's the noisiest player on the park for us. And um, like a point that like I think most people have missed. Like because I mean it wasn't a great game yesterday, so it's hard to bring out positives of what um, from anyone. But at one point, um, Livingston crossed a ball um, into the box towards uh, Gavin Riley. And um, Shaughnessy got a touch on that to take it away out the other side of the box, like and took it away from Riley, um, and that could have easily been two 0 And I, all I could think of was if if Riley had scored, we'd have non-stop tweets about how we should have signed him instead of Brophy. <laughs> That's all I had in my head. <laughs> seen a guy tweeting about that yesterday. Oh, seen he scored, I scored twenty-two goals, and I doesn't it matter when. 18 of them are against fucking plumbers and van drivers <laughs> that don't count. So, I mean, like. McCarthy, I thought he played all right yesterday. Actually, but the weeks before, uh, he's not played very well at all. Mm-hmm. He's, aye, he's, and you've he's, not seen any of the about him. Aye, why? Because he's he's just happens to be the popular centre half. You know, he's probably making more mistakes in the last few weeks than Shaughnessy has all season. Mm-hmm. Or, and Shaugh- Shaughnessy's trying to cover a lot of that up as well. Like he's aye. the other centre back to to try and stop that. I just think folk have got. Just this now opinion, I should say, and uh, it'll never change. And I just can't understand it. Uh, I, I really don't know who a could come in and do a better job than the squad, and b who would be a better captain. We've got a very quiet team. I think mm-hmm. when you look at the midfield, you've got Cami, who you know, I'm not saying he's a shrinking violet at all, but he's not someone that's going to talk other guys through games and, and kind of lead from the front. Ethan's a, you know, Ethan's a teenager. It's not his game at all yet, and, and who knows if that's ever going to be his game. Even Doyle Hayes is, you know, usually very composed, although he's, he's been a little bit off it. He just kind of gets on with his business and and does it. The guys in front of of the midfield, whichever three you're you're picking out of that, they're not talkers the the whole way through. And and we've we've just spoken there about the rest of the guys in the in the back four. There's probably arguments against each of them being captain just as much as. Is there's arguments for anyone else to be captain, and I, I'm not a fan of giving it to to goalkeepers unless it's kind of unique circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's quite hard. I was a captain. I was a goalkeeper. Oh. I'll be in the second division of the P and D. Still a goalkeeper, Sam? Eh, no. She's still captain. I'm a football manager. Ah, so you are. I sorry, sorry about that. P and D, Tommy, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, no, Mark, you're spot on. I can't disagree with that at all. I thought you just mentioned the kind of vocal players or the lack of vocality. Is that? Yeah, why not? The lack of the lack of players that shout. I make up uh, so many words. So many, you know, people actually text me when I make up words that. So like we know what you meant, but that's not what that word meant. <laughs> it's. Um, I thought that uh, there'd been a fair shout for Foley or Flint. Maybe not so much Flint to start. Mm-hmm. Um, just to rein one of the young lads alongside him in, you know, like Goodwin was very good at that himself with John McGinn and Kenny McLean. Sometimes both of them just have have that kind of older experience head in the middle, just to rein them in a bit when they're going a bit wayward. And uh, the two of them playing alongside each other yesterday, they just didn't have anybody there. To, uh, even McGrath is a young kind of inexperienced lad. There was nobody in the middle of the park to with that wee bit of experience. Um, just to kind of rein them in a bit and, and calm them down. Uh, I thought it was uh, lacking yesterday for sure. Mm-hmm. In fairness, it's our fault we've uh, been rotten this month because uh, 
we all said at the start of the month that we should be looking to win every game and we've, so yeah. far we're looking for a clean sweep of absolutely no wins so <laughs> yeah that's what ha- yeah it's our fault <laughs> happily take that. we've got a, a good squad that's mm-hmm. the frustrating thing that's the thing that really gets me we've got a squad that can play football and should be able to get decent results we just don't play to their strengths and we're just been mm. off the boil a wee bit. That is when, when man, we've got a better squad than what Livingston had out yesterday, but they just oh, played a much better game than we did. Yeah. Exactly. For all the talk of Livingston being world beaters, they didn't they didn't look up to much at all, did they? I mean Nah. We've got Effie Abros at centre half. I mean that's a man done already. I think well, <laughs> <Sean is. laughs> <laughs> <Well>, steady. <laughs> <See Saturdays>. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, as you said there, Craig, that's exactly the point I was about to make when you put um, the Livingston squad next to ours. Like, how many of those players walk into our team? Like, I'd say I'd take maybe one or two of them. But, like, man for man, they're no any better than what we have, like, position-wise. Fucking Gavin Riley. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> a centre midfielder playing up front. That's, the, mm-hmm. that's what you're up against. And Livingston only a good team, but we've still came away for a semi-final and fucking lost to Livingston mm-hmm. no. but, uh, we didn't even leave a, lay a glove on them you know mm-hmm. that it makes it even worse it's just really pitiful and then chances we did create like the McAllister one we didn't mention where he should have maybe squared it or shot and they didn't really do anything mm-hmm. I mean Livingston take their chances we just don't we just don't have that in us at the moment for some reason yeah, and things even worse because it is a semi-final. I mean, you see the amount of effort that the fans went to before the game, and mm-hmm. like personally speaking, for me, it was one of the few games I've been properly, you know, up for this season. And then just not the way of putting it, it just ruins your night, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like football at normal. Then <laughs> making sure we we get all the emotions of a proper season without actually being there. Raise our hopes up and then... of, um... no, Sorry, John. I was just going to say it's probably worth like re- stopping and recognising the effort that went into that before the game. Um, yeah. By all the, yeah. Uh, the, by Josh and the North Bank yeah. boys and getting Tom Murray on to do the, the video and stuff. That like, video was awesome. The video was really, really good. It's uh, the most uh, excited I've been for a game this mm-hmm. season. Without... So, so confusing because I, I saw the pictures on social media without actually piecing any of this together and realising what it was about. So I'm just sitting <laughs> totally clueless until I caught up in the, the group chat that you had about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I went for a walk around um, Paisley in the morning and um, even seeing people like with flags hanging outside their like their windows and their houses and stuff like that. Like, fat, like you can tell there was an excitement generated here. And um, like Josh and that have like they've done a great job. Um, and unfortunately. Despite what Jim Goodwin says, the the players I can say have let us down. No, but I thought the Phil Kelly Ray banner was beyond the pale. To be honest, I don't think there was any need for that. <laughs> no, uh, Josh and the the group they always do uh, well. You know, even with the I think was it fireworks night they did kind of display we were playing in that. They're excellent and they're they're excellent in everything that they do. Just just wish the team could replicate at least half the desire and effort. Mm-hmm. In a semi final that the lads did, you know, and so we're asking for, you know, as St. Mun fans, you're willing to accept that you lose more games than you win. That's just a fact, but you always want to come away for a game no matter what the occasion and, and go, do you know what? <sighs> Give everything the day, but we're just unlucky, you know. Fair, fair play to Livingston, that was a good game, but 
just couldn't quite get over the line. But she's coming away without laying a glove on them or without even turning up. It's just it's mm-hmm. not acceptable, really. But it's a, it's a weird one because see, when you think back to the start of the season, if you think right pushing for the top six in a national cup semi final, you'd bite you know anyone's hand off for that. But it just doesn't feel like that right now at all, does it? Yeah, it's a bit raw, and it'll take a couple of days Aye. to get over. But Aye. what about Jack Ross's mob getting pumped 3-0? Yeah, at least that's good. <laughs> <laughs> the weekend wasn't totally ruined. <laughs> Annie lost the plot with the interviewer, so the mask is slipping. Mr. Nice Aye. Guy, no more. Yeah, the bit of a Tommy Yeah, Aye, rat bastard. Then if I had a bigger meltdown, Jack Ross, or the Sitmurton fans? Oh, some Still fans. new learnings on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, we were talking about Mason there, and we were a bit confused that because we were kind of questioning, like, is he actually still going to be at the club? Seeing that apparently we're linked with that Jaden Brown from Huddersfield, who is a left back or a left wing back as well. What does that mean case. for Tate as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah. So he's only twenty-one. Is it maybe? Is Fraser maybe on the off and it's moving Tate out to the right and mm-hmm. this new lad in on the left because I think Tate, Fraser's just got a one year deal, hasn't he? Yeah. So, I don't know if he's maybe moving on or whatever, but that's a strange one. I but you never the, the, the alternative, I suppose, is that Tate moves in one mm-hmm. and plays in a back three on the left hand side and then you're kind of shaping up more for having two up top. Uh, which... If that happens, I'm chopping up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we need to do something like. There's a fair point in there, Mark, and how we need to get two up front. Mm-hmm. At least try it. We've seen a lot of good, the best probably for Abika, certainly last season anyway, is when he had mm-hmm. a partner alongside him, Yukubiak. I think anybody will say that the profit isn't better than Yukubiak. So we need to try Abika up there with, with Brophy and, and get Brophy in around Abika, uh, getting on the back end. He's, he's flick-ons if Abika ever wins one. Yeah, without and, without uh, sacrificing any of our wide mm. players like we try to do Aye. with Brophy and Erwin, but pushing Erwin out wide, you'd rather have um, Dermis and Connolly on the wings to have, and then two up front. Aye, just move the ball, move the ball Tate, quickly. Tate, Tate and Fraser get forward enough like, that they're able to get balls in the box, so you could probably maybe sacrifice one of mm-hmm. Connolly. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how it'll work. With, I mean, it's going to be hard to try and keep a midfield that will be competitive with most teams and of two up front because. It's a bit of a worry having, like, if we're going to go with like Erehorn and McGrath or Erehorn and McPherson. I don't really think that's good enough to win many midfield battles no. and get two tough games coming up. So that that's where I do see you should bring Foley in. Aye, like, yeah, but like... the issue is you're going to be bringing either Foley or Flynn at the cold when realistically you should have been kind of keeping them ticking over, mm-hmm. and bringing them on, giving them some minutes in games, but. Uh, I don't, it's probably well no, I think it was Craig who maybe said that a few weeks ago no having reserve football in under 20s is yeah. killing a lot of players man because obviously Dennis could get up to pace a lot quicker etc but uh, it is what it is mm-hmm. and then uh, obviously we've got Dundee United on Wednesday uh, big game um, I think there might be a lot of pressure on Goodwin to, to kind of get something out of that attack aye there is a whether he likes it or not, if, if we go on a, a bad run again, there'll be pressure on, Goodwin, mm-hmm. like there was before. He needs to kind of... The team need to turn up Wednesday night and put a performance in. Yeah. And uh, that's when uh, they should be given a performance where you believe that they're on their back in the changing room 
absolutely done in by giving everything because they haven't given near enough their best or what we're expecting of our side with a team of that quality mm-hmm. and the past results past three or four weeks just not been good enough mm-hmm. we need to start turning up uh, last time we played at Tannadice was really really poor yeah uh, we, we need to change our fortunes change it quickly because the league's tight mm-hmm. everybody's looking up the way in top six in Europe and that but yeah. a few a few defeats and you can be back down the, uh, the bottom end of the table and uh, the questions asked a good one in these in these staff so that'll be interesting a few weeks mm-hmm. that's the thing I mean it needs to start on Wednesday night we're getting something because see when you look at the next few fixtures we've got I mean we've got uh, I think we've got Celtic twice mm-hmm. within maybe four games we've got Hibs we've got Aberdeen you know within five or six games so if if we don't take something for Wednesday night, it's a downward slide if we're not careful. Mm-hmm. I've got the fear about the Celtic game on Saturday. To be I honest. do as well. I, I think I think it's, 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 Celtic playing midweek as well. Yeah, it's a full card. Okay. Eh? So so if they, I, if they drop points again midweek and then against us, like you know you you know what's going to happen here. Like Celtic are Celtic are going to give a team an absolute trouncing at one point. Mm. And that's just how it works when you get a team as good as that. One week they will get it right and they'll have Edward, Griffiths, etc. firing and full cylinders. And I have the feel that we are going to take an absolute bruising on Saturday mm-hmm. of epic proportions. It makes me worried the fact that we've no really, you know, been the team that gets an absolute tank in this season. So Aye. does that mean, does that work the opposite way? It means we are due as well. <laughs> so are, you, are, you saying, are you saying here, Sitman 4, Celtic now? No, it's at month five, so I think now. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how he goes because at the start of the season he was feeding us the the line of uh, he's too res- re- uh, respectful to the larger size last season and we're mm. not going to play that way. It's another reason why I'm pissed off about yesterday. We, we gave Livingston far too much respect, mm-hmm. but uh, especially old firm teams. We went to Ibrox and took a pound and I thought mm-hmm. it would have been a lot more. And, um, I wouldn't say have a go at Celtic, but... There are weaknesses there that you can get goals, you can nick goals from them and Aye, get them from the games. We need to at least give it a bash. We can't put 11 men behind the ball because Celtic will pick us off if we do that, I think. There's four massive six-foot-tall, at least, weaknesses at the back for Celtic and it'll be their goalkeeper and whatever centre-backs they pick because they're <laughs> rotten. And we're probably going to be the team that does get a doing when worse teams than, than us have went and got points off mm-hmm. them so mm-hmm. well you, you never know about playing um, sorry you no, said this about playing against um, Kelly with Danny Rogers and, and everything else like mm-hmm. if, if we've got a team with Rofi and whoever else in it and we can't take shots in at that flat handed left back of a keeper then I, that's when questions have to be asked about tactics because all we need to do is get shots on target. And, and to get shots on target, you only need to get by Mr Duffy, so it's, it's one of the hard. That's the thing, you never know. Maybe like we, we gave Celtic fans a favour by essentially having the match that sacked Tony Mowbray. Lightning may strike twice, we might do them another favour. Apparently we're all brothers in arms and all that rubbish on the Twitter anyway, so who knows. <laughs> I don't know if you are aware, but they once put their club badge over our club shop. No, surely not. A bit of a storm, man. Eh? I'm, I'm sure that Motherwell fan from Paisley hasn't tweeted it every fucking two days. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't be a Motherwell fan for Paisley. I know. Imagine being a Motherwell fan. Imagine being for Paisley. He probably listens to this. Aye, Craig, yeah. 
<laughs> Don't forget your roots, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're still from Paisley. You just happen to live elsewhere. You're mad sheep shagging birthday. Great accent. <laughs> but uh, yeah, any more for any more? Nah, yeah. win two football matches this week and I'll be happy. Yeah, I think we'll all be more than happy. Have two shots this week and I'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so remember we have merch out that you can uh, go out buy and wear. That's misery-hunters.tmail.com. So go on that. Um, and as always, uh, fuck Alex Ray. Alex Ray, fuck Darius Adamchuk. Fuck, and I cannot, cannot emphasise this enough, Stephen Craven. Mm. Aye, fuck. Fuck, uh, Carlos Queller. Aye, fuck, Kyle Bartley. Give him it for a goal he scored against this years ago and made me great. He's got an STD. Podcast Network.